God. And welcome to The Rough Draft. I'm Artemis. And I'm Colin. And I'm Maggie. And like all other episodes of The Rough Draft and Peer Review, this is published and produced by The York Review. Unfortunately, we were supposed to have a guest come on who was a professor, William Thompson, here at the York campus, and he teaches in the art department, but he couldn't make it, so he will definitely come on in a future episode. But I would like to plug some of his art classes because he's a really great professor, and the art classes here are actually really awesome. If you've ever been interested in learning ceramics or sculpture or metalworking or any like really physical type of art it would be really awesome to check out some of his classes and see if they fit in your schedule it's really nice to be able to just sit down and be able to hammer out some frustration on some clay or to really sculpt something cool and make something and then glaze it and actually see how it turns out i know i've made i'm in the process of making a teapot i think it's going to turn out awesome i'm also making like a coffee cup that has like some lizards on it so i'll post some pictures when they're done but if you do get the chance or you're inclined, if you're artistic, or even if you're not arti- art- artistic and you just like to learn some new interesting things, check out some of the art classes. Don't laugh at me. Check out some of the art classes and see uh, what you can do, especially with uh, Professor Thompson because he's pretty awesome himself. And have him like tell you some of his stories because he's like James Bond in disguise or something. Like he's led, led an awesome life. Like one day we're going to find out that like he no longer works here because he's like secretly working for NASA or something. It's going to be crazy. Anyway. Um, so I don't know what these two like giggling goslings are doing in the background. Somebody really like Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Colin really likes Halloween, which is great. So I mean, too much trick or treat candy. Yeah, but yeah. So today is going to be our super awesome special uh, Halloween slash horror episode. Um, I know it's a little bit before Halloween, but beggars can't be choosers, and this Halloween. is like Halloween is a mentality. It's not a date. Right. That's true. Fall is Halloween. It it pretty much is. It's like November is Christmas. Because, you know, it pretty much starts right after Halloween. My life is Christmas. (laughs) So for this episode, we are going to maybe read some some poetry. I say maybe like we haven't already talked about this. But uh, so read some poetry that may or may not be related to Halloween or horror. Talk about some like horror films or some horror games, maybe. And just kind of lead on that, like, scary element. Absolutely. I have a couple um, semi-spooky childhood stories, um, things like that happen when you grow up with my mother. So, um, (laughs) you know, maybe we'll share a little bit of those after our poetry, um, see if any of us have any real-life interactions with ghosts or anything. So, um, Maggie, do you want to start us off? Absolutely. Um, So the poem that I decided to read for us today is called The Vampire by Conrad Aiken. What shape was this who came to us with basilisk eyes so ominous, with mouth so sweet, so poisonous, and tortured hands so pale? We saw her wavering to and fro, through dark and wind we saw her go, yet what her name was did not know, and felt our spirits fail. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So what does this poem mean to you, Maggie? Uh, It's very much of like talking about kind of like it's titled The Vampire, but I feel like it's more about, like, a ghost or some sort of entity. It's very 
I almost want to say melodic in the way that it's told. Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of, like, sways back and forth. I don't know. I, I like the way it is read. I feel that as well. I'm super into, like, the imagery there, like, with the claws and, like, it's eye obelisk. I think that does a really good job at, like, capturing darker Halloween-y type poetry. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that, um... It's not necessarily specific to Halloween. It just has that, like, dark element to it. Yeah. So, Colin, do you want to read your poem? Yeah, absolutely. I think mine, well, okay, mine's definitely a little more tied to Halloween night. So, I'm not a big fan of dressing up, but I love autumn. I love Halloween. And I think this poem does a great job of displaying that. It's called Halloween Night by Denise M. Cucharo. When days grow short and nights get cold and autumn trees turn red and gold, move we may through sun-drenched days midst leaves and berries and bales of hay. In our hearts we feel the lure toward darkness, shivers, and things not pure. While ghostly shadows creep slowly by, spying on witches and brooms that fly, icy fingers that grab their prey, and do bad things till night turns day. Heed this plea to stay inside, find covers and blankets and sheets to hide. Slowly this night will fade to day, and fiends and monsters will crawl away. Once a year on this dark night, we'll shake and shiver till morning light. That was really cool. Thank you. Yeah, I really liked... I really liked how it kind of like told the story of Halloween Mm -hmm. and it was more about the idea of Halloween and what takes place during Halloween rather than honing in on a specific element. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. And as someone again, who doesn't like to dress up, um, it's, that's what Halloween is for me is kind of like staying inside, right? Lighting a candle, just kind of experiencing horror without feeling super dark or menacing or weird. Yeah. I don't like to dress up either. So, you know. Stay inside, light a candle, use a Ouija board to summon the devil, things like that. Yeah, yeah, same. You know, typical Halloween, satanic rituals. Okay. Um, I like to dress up. (laughs) Really? And be cheesy. Really? Yeah. What kind kind of dress up are you? Are you like horror blood everywhere dress up? Are you like cheesy fun dress up? What do you think? Um, I like pop culture. Um, So like last year, I was Wednesday Addams, which was really cool. Um, I'm sorry, for me and viewers who might not know, Wednesday Addams? Is from the Addams Family. Uh, it originated as a comic, I believe, but there are two movies out that were made in the 90s that are pretty popular, Addams Family and Addams Family Values. Wednesday Addams is the daughter. That was really fun uh, to dress up as her and kind of like be dark and ominous and threatening and murderous. Like, I'll cut you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and monotone. This year, I was supposed to be Princess Leia, but... Ooh, spooky. Yeah, it's not too spooky, but, like, (laughs) it was a costume, and I love Star Wars, but because of complications with the fabric, I won't be able to finish it in time. Aww. So. Yeah. You know what? The last time that I dressed up for Halloween was a long time ago, and I was invited out with my friends at the time to Salem. Not, like, Salem, Massachusetts, but, like, New Salem or whatever in this area. We didn't really have the money for a costume. It was really last minute that I was invited. So my mom, who works in construction, my mom and my dad both work in construction. She, like, put me in this this really big oversized flannel shirt and these jeans. And we, like, stuffed the crap out of this shirt with, like, pillows and blankets and stuff. And then she gave me, like, a tool belt and gave me tools and stuff. And I was, like... A plumber. 
<laughs> like a makeshift plumber. It was so I mean, it was so freaking hot too because it was like this big flannel shirt stuffed with like all of these blankets and towels and stuff to make me look like a big fat guy. I mean now I'm an actual big fat guy, so like it would be an easy costume to pull off. But then apparently I wasn't. So um I just I remember like putting this costume together and feeling like kinda like crap because I'm like, oh this is homemade, like everyone else has really cool costumes, they went unbought and stuff. But it was actually really cool. Everyone really liked it. And I had like a lot of fun. But then, like, after that, I just never dressed up anymore. Man, I can't even remember the last time I dressed up. I remember when I was super young, I dressed up as the mask from that Jim Carrey movie. Really? Oh, yeah, that, that was that interesting. Movie. Painted face and everything? Oh, yeah. But I had, like, paint around my eyes, so it didn't get too close to my eyes. So it didn't sell. It didn't sell. <laughs> Not, a good, not a good look. I definitely dressed up after that, but I feel like it was like, I'm wearing overalls. I'm a farmer. <laughs> like, all right. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, Artemis, you want to show us your poem? I do. I actually have two poems. I thought they were really interesting. Nice. Um, this one's actually one of my favorite poems. Like, I read it all the time. Like, Maggie's even heard it before. It's called Ghost, and it's by Emily Autumn. And it goes, Ghost. Do you know sometimes it frightens me when you say my name and I can't see you? Will you ever learn to materialize before you speak, impetuous boy, if that's what you really are? How many centuries since you've climbed a balcony? Or do you do this every night with someone else? You tell me that you'll never leave, and I am almost afraid to believe it. Why is it me you've chosen to follow? Do you like the way I look when I am sleeping? Was my hair more fun to tangle, or my dreams more entertaining? Do you laugh when I'm complaining that I'm all alone? Where were you when I searched the sea for a friend to talk to me? In a year, where will you be? Is it enough for you to steal into my mind, filling up my page with music written in my hand? You know I'll take the credit, for I must have made you come to me somehow. But please, try to close the curtains when you leave at night or I'll have to find someone to stay and warm me. Will you always attend my midnight tea parties as long as I set your place? If one day your sugar sits untouched, will you have gone forever? Would you miss me in a thousand years when you will dry another's tears? But you say you'll never leave me, and I wonder if you'll have the decency to pass through my wall to the next room while I dress for dinner. But when I'm stuck in conversation with stuffed shirts whose adoration hurts my ears, where are you then? Can't you cut in when I dance with other men? It's too late not to interfere with my life. You've already made me the most unsuitable wife for any man who wants to be the first his bride has slept with. And you can't just fly into people's bedrooms and expect them to calmly wave goodbye. You've changed the course of history and didn't even try. Where are you now? Standing behind me? Taking my hand? Come and remind me who you are. Have you traveled far? Are you made of stardust too? Are the angels after you? Tell me, what am I to do? But until then, I'll save your side of the bed. Just come and sing me to sleep. I really like that. Yeah, wow, that's good. Yeah, I really like this too. Um, Emily Autumn is a really interesting uh, poet, but she's also a musician. A lot of her poetry is like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Like fantasy-esque? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that from that poem. Yeah, it's always really been my favorite. I'm not exactly sure why, but I, I think it's kind of like the sadness that you get from this woman who's obviously, I mean, you can take it many different ways. Like, you can think of the ghost as being like an actual ghost that's haunting her. That's not just haunting her, but like keeping her company. It's making other people think that she's kind of crazy and so they don't want to be with her. So she's kind of just happy being with this ghost. Or you can look at it as like a relationship with somebody that's not really like, it's not a real relationship because it's not official for them. And so she's kind of like with this person, but she's also by herself. And everyone kind of knows that she's with this person. Like she kind of makes it clear, like I'm with 
this person so I can't be with other people. And so it, it's preventing her from being able to move on with her life. And this person just kind of like pops in and out of her life when they feel like it. I find it particularly pretty. But it's also kind of sad at the same time. And then the second poem that I had is by Neil Gaiman, and it's called The Day the Saucers Came. It's actually kind of like a funny, apocalyptic kind of poem, but it also has like a sad kind of love story in it. This poem goes, That day, the saucers landed, hundreds of them, golden, silent, coming down from the sky like great snowflakes. And the people of Earth stood and stared as it ascended, waiting, dry mouth, to find out what waited inside for us. None of us knowing if we would be here tomorrow. But you didn't notice because, that day, the day the saucers came, by some coincidence, was the day the graves came up their dead, and the zombies pushed through the soft earth or erupted, shambling and dull-eyed, unstoppable, came towards us, the living, and we screamed and ran. But you did not notice this because, on the saucer day, which was zombie day, it was Ragnarok also, and the television screen showed us a ship built of dead man's nails, a serpent, a wolf, all bigger than the mind could hold, and the cameraman could not get far enough away. And then the gods came out, but you did not see them coming because, on the saucer zombie battling gods day, the floodgates broke, and each of us was engulfed by genies and sprites, offering us wishes and wonders and, and eternities, and charms and cleverness and true brave hearts and pots of gold, while giants fee-fi foamed across the land and killer bees, and you had no idea of any of this, because that day, the saucer day, the zombie day, the Ragnarok and fairy day, the day the great winds came and snows and the cities turned to crystal, the day all plants died and the day the computers turned, the screens telling us we would obey, the day angels drunk and muddled stumbled from the bars and all the bells of London were sounded, the day animals spoke to us in Assyrian, the Yeti day, the fluttering capes and arrival of the time machine day. You didn't notice any of this because you were sitting in your room, not doing anything, not even reading, not really, just looking at your telephone, wondering if I was going to call. I liked how it kind of like kept adding more and more and more. Yeah. Um, and it really makes you think just how many different stories we have for the end of the world. Uh -huh. yeah. And how, like, all this craziness could be happening, like, just right outside your window, and you're just so focused on this one phone call that you just don't even notice it. Yeah. Like, right now, we're in this room. There could be zombies outside. We just don't know. Right. Yeah. Like, anything could have happened. Oh, man, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like not knowing. Um, no, but it, I, I agree. That, that, like, building aspect really, like, adds to the poem. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of really great imagery. Neil Gaiman actually does a lot of great poetry. There's a lot of great books, too. Um, he wrote... He wrote Coraline, right? Yeah. Yeah. He also wrote no, Stardust and Mirror Mask. So that was our super awesome poem selection for Halloween slash spookiness. I thought that we could talk about, like, some scary films, too, because it's around that time. I know that I literally just saw on Sunday Halloween, and I... The new one? The new one, yes. And I really liked it. I thought it was great. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, first of all, let's talk about Jamie Lee Curtis. She... Activity? Yeah. I mean... Apparently, activity, like, preserves your organs or something, because she looks good for 60. But also... I mean, she's been doing movies for, like, 40 years. The original Halloween movie came out 40 years ago. She's been, like, 
the queen of horror for so long. She's just done so many horror movies. It's excellent. And not just like the, the Halloween horror movies, but she's been in so many other horror movies as she was coming up in her career. And I just, I, I really enjoyed how they handled this particular movie. Judy Greer was also in it. I really love Judy Greer. She's really funny. You know Judy Greer's Cheryl, or Carol, or Archer. Woo! Yeah. yeah, yeah she's funny. Uh, but yeah, she so yeah, she plays in a lot of movies and she was really good. In this movie though, I was hoping that she would die because she just she's that one like non-believing character that's always like, Oh, he's out there murdering people, but you shouldn't be breaking into my house, mom, and telling me what to do about like protecting myself and my family. Uh, I'm just like, bitch, I hope you die. Like, so, she, so, so she doesn't die? Spoiler alert. Jeez. She could die. I'm just saying like I wanted her to die. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you have to watch the movie to find out. No. <laughs> I know um, for me personally I love horror movies that are realistic Yeah, I tend to go towards the stalker slasher home invasion horror movies rather than the demon supernatural ones mm-hmm. just because if I want to get scared I want to get scared by something that like could happen Yeah. Mm-hmm. see I'm the opposite I prefer that supernatural ghost demon thing because of, like, a slasher, it's, all right, this psycho's got a knife. Like, I got a knife, too, my dude, you know? But a ghost? I can't fight off a ghost? A demon? He's just going to possess me, you know? So I'm just, like, I don't like feeling helpless. And I feel like in those sorts of supernatural movies, that's kind of what you get. Well, if you're talking about being helpless, that leads me into one of my favorite horror movies, which I highly recommend to anyone listening, and you too as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's on Netflix, as far as I believe. It was as of last November. It probably is. Last November? That's when I watched it last. That's a year ago, girl. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, It is a Korean film called Train to Busan, and the premise is basically zombies. Zombies on a train, Uh and... They basically are on this moving train when the zombie break outbreak starts, and this dad has to deal with it and kind of protect his young daughter. And it is so heart wrenching at the end. What Very happens? Good. I'm not going to tell you guys tell what, us happens. what happens. Come on, man. <laughs> just between us, we won't play the podcast for anyone. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. The podcast um, just for us. No, that's really cool. Actually, I heard about it, but I hadn't seen it. So I am looking forward to seeing it, because a lot of people suggest it to me. It's very intense. Mm-hmm. Like, I get really bad anxiety, and it's like the the scenes and the music and the acting is so intense that there were times that I had to pause and step away. Mm-hmm. So I watched it in like three increments, pretty much. Mm. But it was still nonetheless enjoyable. I hear that there are some uh, really cool, like, scary-related things on Netflix now. So the Haunting of Hill House is on there now. I've been meaning to start that. There was a movie that came out a long time ago. It was called The Haunting. Not a long time ago. It came out in like the 90s. Um, it had like Catherine Zeta-Jones and Liam Neeson and Luke Wilson. They go to this house and like Hugh Crane like built the house for his wife and the children they were never going to have. And then he like adopts them as orphans or something like that. Did you ever see that movie? No. Okay, well, if anybody's ever seen that movie, this is the same. It's not the same movie, but it's based on the book that, that movie was written on. Uh, about and I actually really enjoyed that movie but like apparently a lot of people didn't I thought it was good I haven't seen the show yet but I hear the show is pretty good I also know that coming out soon they're gonna doing Sabrina the Teenage Witch yes I'm so excited for that yeah that looks really good yes it's gonna be the chilling adventures of Sabrina and it's gonna be a lot darker yes and um 
I don't remember the actress's name, but fans of Mad Men will recognize her as the teenage daughter of one of the people. I like Mad Men, so I don't know. <laughs> um, it's it's going to be on Netflix, and it's going to be dark. Yeah. And it's, it's written by the same people that wrote uh, Riverdale. So if you watch Riverdale, <laughs> Maggie seems to think Riverdale sucks. So, like, somebody needs to key her car. I mean, um... Hey, just there. destroy my car. How many insurance <laughs> pay for it? I need to do one. We're going to come to school one day. It's just going to be, like, in the river upside down <laughs> with, like, Riverdale written all over it. <laughs> but, no, so I think Riverdale is pretty cool. But, I mean, teach them. Um, I don't think that the main character in Riverdale that plays Archie is all that attractive. Like, I think that's, like, the big thing that everyone goes for. Like, he's supposed to be this really attractive guy and whatever, like, and he's also supposed to be, like, the spitting image of the Archie character from the comic, which yeah. I don't get. I think he looks kind of like, I hate to say this, but kind of like a, like a Neanderthal. Like, his forehead sticks With the out so, yeah, it's so huge. And then he's like, no, you're, you don't look anything like it, like, trust me. Oh, my God. Like, your forehead does a normal thing where, like, it slopes back, like mm-hmm. most people do. Okay. His, like, it just goes up. It's like, like a, a cliff. block. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the dye that they use to dye his hair is so bad. Like, yeah. he doesn't look like a natural redhead at all, yeah. period. And they keep trying to pass it off, I don't know. But, yeah. But, I mean, other than that, I think it's a pretty good show. But um, I'm really excited to see the Sabrina show. Um, and I do like a lot of the other stuff that they have on Netflix, like Truth or Dare and some of the other movies. Would You Rather is actually a really good horror movie. We were talking about that, too. There is one on Netflix um, called Hush. Oh! That I love. I was going to say that about the, the break-in movies, because that was really good. That's a really yeah. good one, Oh, too. that's the one where the woman's, like... Um, she's deaf. deaf. She's deaf, right? Yeah, yeah. I, saw that, I saw that one, too. It's great. Yeah, that, that was awesome. Yeah, and if there's one thing to sell you on this movie, it's the fact that there is a cat, and the cat's name is Bitch. <laughs> man that movie was great there's actually a really interesting movie I don't know if it's still on Netflix or not but it's called Bitch it's about this woman it's about this woman she she has some sort of like mental illness I don't know what's really going on there she keeps trying to commit suicide and like every time she tries to do it something like goes wrong and she tries to hang herself on a chandelier and the chandelier breaks or something and she tells her husband and she's like you know I need help like I need somebody to help I can't handle the kids I can't handle life like something needs to happen and the husband's just kind of like you know deal with it on your own or whatever. I think the husband's also a cheater and like he's a, a pretty shitty guy so at one point she just has this mental break and she just she thinks that she's a dog and so she, like, takes off all of her clothes, and she's, like, on all fours, running around, like, barking and growling at people. They, like, lock her in the basement, and she's, like, like messing all over herself and stuff, because, I mean, she's, like, in the state of dog. At some point, I think she gets away. And they're just trying to, like, the dad has to figure out, like, how he's going to take care of the children and handle the house and the bills and everything that she was doing, plus what he has to do. And deal with this woman who's, like, some type of animal. Um, And nobody's helping him. And he starts to slowly realize, like, wow, this is what she has to go through all the time. Like, maybe I shouldn't have been such a dick and listen. But, yeah, it's actually a really good movie. It's kind of funny. And I kind of also would like to encourage people, like, if you really like horror, to go back and watch, like, some original horror movies. Like... Scream is amazing. Yeah, the Scream series. The Scream TV series is actually pretty good, too. I will say the first two seasons were very good. Yeah, there's also a TV show called Slasher that I thought was really good. That's on Netflix. But uh, as far as, like, classic... Uh, not classic Hollywood, but classic horror movies go, I would say, like, um, My Bloody Valentine, I Spin in Your Grave. That one, trigger warning, there's a lot of rape in that one. Like, it's, it's a horror movie. It involves 
many, many rapes. There's also, like, Friday the 13th. Yeah, they, they made yeah, a remake of it recently, but the original one in the remake is really... That's a rough plot line. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, definitely look into the plot of that one before you before you just flip it on. Yeah. Maybe. Like, read the summary or something. Right. That's um, not summary. A Nightmare on Elm Street's a really good one. The original Halloween. The original Halloween, yeah. Any of the Saw movies. The Resident Evil series is pretty good. I mean, those aren't, like, classic horror, but they're, like, still good. I like the first two or three Saw movies. After that, I was kind of like, I get it. Like, I don't really... I, I liked when it was simple. Just a guy, like, coming up with traps to, like, teach people to value life. If not, they get brutalated. It's, like, brutal. Mm-hmm. Mutilated. Brutalated. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I don't know. After... I don't know. I was like, just show me more gore. Like, I don't care about this old man's story and his apprentice all that. I was like, I don't, I don't care. Like, just, just show me more. You know? Oh, I actually hate gore. I really? try to stay away oh, from see, it. I'm, yeah. I'm super into gore. I'm not going oh, to. Have you seen Cabin Fever? Yeah, I've seen Cabin Fever. She was in the, I've seen both of them. Oh yeah, I there don't understand the, why they made two of them. The second one was gross and I feel like it was a money grab. Yeah. Uh, but the first one was cool. My favorite scenes when the girl catches the fever and she's shaving her legs. Yeah. And her skin just comes right off with the hair. There's a really Ooh. funny one. If you get the DVD and you watch it, they have like a chick mode and it's supposed it's supposed to take all the scary stuff out. So it's basically like a five minute movie of them <laughs> yeah, like, in the beginning when they're driving down the road and they're all like happy and stuff. And then like when and they're in the thing and they're drinking and then like at the end when somebody like escapes and they're like oh and that's it like end yeah. I hate that the dog got sick man I, I hate oh, yeah. as soon as I see an animal in a horror movie like I saw in um in uh was it Hush Hush there's a cat yeah, yeah there's a cat bitch that I don't want to I don't want to ruin it keep your animals well, out of my horror movies <laughs> there's a really good website called doesthedogdie.com and it will tell you whether or not the animal is harmed alive or dead. That's amazing. <laughs> really? And it's the only way I judge movies. That's is through that website. Wow. I, wow. I've never heard of that before, but I'm going to start yeah. looking on it. Yeah, that's dope. Okay, cool. Cool. You should watch Marley and Me. That's a good horror movie. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, terrifying. Speaking of horror movies, so Silent Hill was based on a town that got evacuated because of a coal fire. Yeah, that's here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I live like 20 minutes from it. Pretty really? Dope. Have yeah. you been there? Like, yeah. Have you gone yeah. there? It's, it actually is, it, it's super awesome in a, so a lot of the houses were like tore down, just like right. prevent problems and stuff. Um, but it is kind of weird to be like on a concrete road in what was a town that's now like empty, kind of eerie. Super cool. If you put your hand in cracks in the ground, you can still feel the heat from the fire. Huh. Um, it sucks though, because not me, but kids tend to go there with spray paint and just spray paint uh. like Spongebob, like is my like weird stuff all <laughs> over the place it's just but it, it, it is a pretty unique place and honestly it's what like two hours from here so if anyone's interested in like a kind of eerie spooky saturday road trip centralia pa oh uh speaking of places like that there's a movie that came out a while ago it was called the road uh, i guess it's like post-apocalyptic kind of thing it was about this father and this son, and they, they travel down this road. They're trying to make it to the ocean, but it's after, like, civilization has collapsed. There aren't any zombies or whatever. Like, they don't really explain why civilization has collapsed, but, like, people are fighting each other for food, and you have, like, cannibalism and stuff like that. It's, like, really bad. But the road, the actual road that they walked on, was the abandoned Pennsylvania Turnpike. So you can literally go to the abandoned Pennsylvania Turnpike and, like, actually walk where the movie was taking place. And uh, check it out. It's actually pretty cool. I haven't been there yet, but I really want to go. But I I have a couple of friends who were there, and they took a lot of pictures, and they like explained what it was like to like actually be on that road and like 
find familiar parts from like where the movie took place and stuff. And the movie's actually really good too. It's a really beautiful kind of heart wrenching movie about like this father and son's journey trying to to get to safety in this like world that's all topsy turvy. That's awesome. Going back to like what Colin was saying about Silent Hill, uh-huh. I am a huge fan of horror video games. Okay, because I want to segue into video games. So, um, nice. and Silent Hill, for those of you who don't know, is a video game franchise as well as a few movies that were made. Mm-hmm. I am a big fan of horror video games. I hate being scared, and it usually takes me like two weeks to complete ten minutes worth of the game because <laughs> I have to just like do it. And like little bits, but I I love it. So like, what are some of your favorite? So I really love the Resident Evil series. I also loved all the Resident Evil movies. So like when they came up with the last one, it totally ruined the second one because it changed the mythology of what happened in the things. Like I don't know if you've kept up with the series or not, but I'll talk about it in another podcast where it's like an actual go in depth of how amazing that it was and then how it just kind of went down. Um, I really love the Resident Evil like actual games and stuff. It's kind of hard to find like, a really good horror game. The Last of Us was one of them that I thought was really good. It was more of a role-playing game, but it definitely had that horror aspect of, like, the people taken over by the virus and had to kill and stuff, and then, like, also having to survive in this world with, like, other people trying to scavenge their way through the world, too. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Outlast? I love Outlast. Yeah, that was a really good one, too. Like, a really good one. And the sequel is holds up as well. Yeah. Evil Within, I think, is what it's called. Uh, yes. I never played it, but yeah, yes. That one and the second one were really good. That Evil Within... I believe was actually created by the same creator of the Resident Evil franchise. It might have been. I'm not sure. Yes. I, I played um, some Resident Evil. Always mm-hmm. a good time. Um, I also, when I was younger, played a game called Manhunt. You don't know exactly why, but you were sentenced to death. But instead of killing you, they give you something that just knocks you out. Mm-hmm. And then you like wake up and you're like in a snuff film. And you have to like survive by like, killing other people to like keep the director happy. It's, I don't know. I'm into that That's sort of like gore type thing going <laughs> Yeah. On. Definitely sounds like something you would be into. Yeah. Ouch. All right. No. <laughs> I just don't like the listeners to know that much about my personal life, Maggie. No, I'm kidding. One game that I am, like, obsessed with every Halloween, and I try to play it every fall because it's kind of spooky, um, is Until Dawn. It's, it's pretty much... I like it because it's not a video game where you have to, like, repeat the level a lot of times and beat it by talent. It's more of just kind of like a game that you play. The premise is that you have to make choices and every single thing you do has a butterfly effect and there's like 17 different endings to the stories. There's an ending where you save everyone. There's an ending where no one survives. There's a specific ending for every single possible combination. And it also stars Rami Malek, who is beautiful. He was in Night at the Museum. He was the um, Egyptian prince. Okay. Ben Stiller? <laughs> yeah, Ben Stiller. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Uh, my, my actor knowledge begins and ends with Ben Stiller. That's all I got. <laughs> so, so we talked movies, video games. Um, we went through some poems. What do you guys think about like books? You, you, you guys into like, horror novels? Oh, man. I am a huge Stephen King fan. And that kind of goes along with everything. Good. I love Stephen King. So his first novel, Carrie... Is my favorite yes. novel, like one of my favorite ones. I think it's beautiful. I think like the story behind it when he was writing it. So it was his first novel. And at first he was trying to get it published and nobody wanted to publish it. Everyone kept telling him no, like no, 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 no. So he ended up throwing it in the trash and he was just like, I'm done with this. And then his wife saw it and like read it and was like, no, this is actually pretty good. Like don't give up on it. 
and he ended up continuing to, to put it out there, and he ended up getting published. And then it just, I mean, it set him up for his career. And then the movie was excellent. They came up with some other movies. They came up with a sequel that was horrible. They tried to make it into, like, a Broadway play. It was crazy stuff. But, yeah, so that was always really good. But he's come up with so many good things. If you've ever seen the, it was a TV show, it was a miniseries called Rose Red. And I think that's probably one of my favorite things that he did. It wasn't a book or anything, but it was just this, this miniseries about these people who all of these people have power. Like, there's one really young girl who's, like, telekinetic, and she's, like, she has some other powers, too. And then, like, some other people are, like, psychics, and they all have, like, different versions of their psychic ability. Like, this one person, like, she gets psychic thoughts, and she has to, like, write them down. Another person will, like, touch something, and she'll get psychic impressions. And they all go to this house called Rose Red. And the house is actually, it's based off of the Winchester house, because the story behind it is that this woman who lived in the house um, with her husband, and they had two children, but the husband, like, kind of cheated on her and stuff and treated her really badly. And so, like, the one daughter that she had had, like, a weird withered arm. And then once he had a son, he was, like, happy. and was like, you know, do whatever you want. And so she um, kept building on the house, just building and building on the house, like, always expanding this house. And then, like, throughout its history, like, all these people end up, like, missing or dead. Like, women would turn up missing, but men would always turn up dead. And she was just always expanding on the house, always expanding on the house. And, like, all these people were still murdered and stuff. And then eventually they, like, she disappeared. They end up closing down the house to, like, prevent murders and stuff. And then you get all these psychics that actually go into the house, and they're, like, charging the house's battery while they're there. And it starts, like, building on its own again. And stuff. It's like this, Jesus, that sounds awesome. It's just excellent. I mean, it's this awesome miniseries. Like, if you ever get the chance to watch it, you should. Like, it's, yeah. it's great. I really wish they came up with a book. But they also came up with, like, a separate thing, which was, like, the diary of Ellen Rimbauer. The, the woman in the house is named Ellen Rimbauer. And so it's, like, her story, too. Yeah, but I, I really love, like, the horror aspect of, like, Stephen King. My mom and I are listening to a novel called Sphere. It's the first book, the first novel I ever read um, by Michael Crichton or Crichton or whatever. And it's a, um, it's, like, a horror story, too about these people who there's a spacecraft like crashes in the ocean like 300 years ago mm -hmm. and they only just discover it now and they think that it's like an alien spacecraft or whatever so they like build a habitat down below it and they try to like figure out what it is they find out that it's like an american spacecraft from the future and so in its cargo bay it has like a sphere and like all these weird things are happening like giant squids are attacking this the thing they think the sphere is like talking to them and like uh, it's it's an excellent story if you're interested in too. Like, that's a really great horror story. Too. Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, no, <laughs> take no. control of that whole thing, but I, like, no. I mean, there are so many other horror books that I love to read. Like, I can yeah. just keep going forever. Yeah. No, that's cool. How about you, Maggie? Um, I am not well-versed in the horror genre as far as books go. Uh, it's something that I want to explore more on. As of right now, I don't have time to read any books. Right. Which oh kind of sucks. That's really hard, yeah. But... I, I do have a lot on my to-read list. You know, I grew up reading scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, yeah, I love those. And uh, I wasn't actually allowed to get it as a kid. My mom said I couldn't. So I would read someone else's copy from the library and I'd get scared from it. I, um, I'm not too well-versed in, like, OG, like, horror. Um, but I've read books with some sort of, like, dreary gory elements the shining first of all is like an ex oh. it, that's an exception from that the shining was great yeah like the suspense and that was like awesome johnny got his gun which isn't like horror at all it's but it's about a man who essentially gets like his face arms and legs blown off and is like stuck in a hospital bed so 
that's pretty scary, right? <laughs> and it has like some gore elements to it. And just you really get a sense of like his hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And that alone really gets me like uneasy. Um, I read The Sheep Look Up by I think John Bruner, Bruner, right? And it's, it, it's, it'll, you'll find it in the science fiction section. But I always said it's science future because it's about global warming. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like when the shit hits the fan, right? You kind of see this setup, you know, people being like, screw the environment. I want money, right? Mm-hmm. And then like the climax is like global warming smacking everyone. And like a dude's caught in the middle of like acid rain. And he's just, yeah, it's, and it's, it's sad too, because I think it's science future. So it's, right. it's rough. Um, but yeah, I, same with Maggie. I've been wanting to like find a warm blanket, a candle, and like <laughs> three horror novels. There are some really good stuff out there. So Richard Matheson, he writes some really great stuff. He wrote I Am Legend. Oh, I read that too. That was good. Oh yeah, we talked that, about yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Um, so he wrote I Am Legend. That was really good. But he also wrote What Dreams May Come. That's not a horror story. But it is like a fantasy story. They made a movie about it. It had Robin Williams in it. But it's really interesting. It's about this guy who he gets into a car accident and he dies. Then he goes to heaven. Or it's not necessarily heaven. It's like a purgatory type deal. No, it's not really purgatory. It's it's explained to be like a heaven. Like it's not what we would classically think of as heaven, but it is basically heaven. Okay. And uh, while he's there, he's met by like some of his family members who, like, kind of guide him through this heaven. And essentially the way that heaven works there is it's very personalized to you and your life. So, like, you might have been, like, a winter person, so, like, your heaven's going to take place in a nice, beautiful, snowy area. You might have always really loved cabins, so, like, the house that you live in in heaven is going to be, like, a nice, beautiful log cabin against, like, a snowy backdrop. If you were really, like, a summer person or something, you would be, like, a summer son. You can travel around, I think I like called or something, I can't remember exactly how it works. But so he goes to heaven, and while he's there... He's, like, really worried about his wife because his wife is, like, his actual soulmate. If there was a soulmate, that would be her, like, by heaven's standard. And so he goes and he finds out, like, they can tell you how much time is left between, like, now and when your soulmate will be with you, like, when they die. Like, how much time that person has left in their life. So he goes and he finds out that she committed suicide and she died. And because she committed suicide, she went to hell. Son of a bee. Right. And that the way that that works is they take the years that you had left from Earth, and that's how long you stay in hell. And then from that point on, you can leave hell, but you have to, like, leave hell yourself, I think. And it's hard if you've been there for, like, you know, 70 years of being, you know, tortured in your own personal hell to, like, kind of bring yourself out of that mentality. So he goes on, like, a Dante-esque, journey through heaven into hell to try to save her and it's a it's a really beautiful story it's very sad it's also it, it it really makes you think about like what happens when you die it's not that classical like you go to heaven or you go to hell kind of thing and then like the hell itself is very specific it's not like fire and brimstone hell it's like a, a personalized like a, right like a torment that she's created in her own mind but not her mind her like soul or whatever but it's a great book great excellent book i would encourage anybody to read it um and really any other stories from richard matheson he's just a great writer also i feel like i can't end this podcast i was saying franz kafka big fan again he's not that it's not that classic horror um it has gore in it loneliness sort of eeriness in it um anyone looking for some original horror kafka's a good way to go and then of course there are the classics like frankenstein dracula the invisible man I'm um, reading Dracula Winter Break. I already have it, like, on my nightstand at my house. Like, it's going down. Oh, that 
That's great, because I haven't read it yet. I'm excited. Yeah. Frankenstein's a good one. Frankenstein. Mary Shelley. So I think that was a pretty good discussion of our experiences of horror throughout various literature. Right, guys? And yeah. Any ending notes here? Oh, you know what? Uh, we never got to touch on Colin's scary story. Okay. So whenever I visit my aunt, my aunt lives in this super old house in um, Danville, Pennsylvania, quiet rural town, right? And she lived in this decently sized house. And whenever you'd go up to her second floor, which no one was ever up there, and I never understood why as a young kid, um, but sometimes, like, the downstairs bathroom, so I'd be in there, I gotta go upstairs to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. When you get up there, it gets, like, instantly pitch black. The stairs are creaky, cold wood floor. And once you get to the top of the stairs, it's a dead end, and you have to kind of turn, and in front of you is, like, a long hallway with the bathroom at the end with doorless rooms, um, three of them, I believe, on your left as you like walk down this hall. And I, I always felt super creepy up there, even though there never really was like a reason. Like I, I was young, but I wasn't that young. Like I wasn't like afraid of the dark or anything. I'd walk around like other houses in the dark to find the bathroom and I'd be fine. And even when the light was on, I always felt uncomfortable. As I got older, it turns out that everyone in the family believes that the second floor of that house was haunted. Supposedly, my cousin, who was the same age as me, who used to spend a lot more time at that house, used to play with a the ghost of a young girl, and she would play on the stairs, and would be like, hey, like, McKenna, like, why don't you come down the stairs, you know, play, play, like, with your friends or in the living room with family, or whatever. She'd be like, no, like, my friend's up here, and she can't come down any farther, and it's too cold up in the up on the second floor. So everyone thought there was, like, a ghost up there. Supposedly my aunt the one night was, like, laying in bed, and she heard, like, some footsteps went to turn around. But as she went to turn around, she felt a hand with five fingers, like, on her head that wouldn't let her, like, turn around. That's, like, spooky, scary ghost story yeah. for you guys. Yeah, it's a pretty old house. I don't like to go there, obviously. Also, they did turn into, like, a haunted house for what they consider safety reasons. They actually never opened the second floor. Even though they'd, like, turned into a haunted house, cobwebs, skeletons everywhere, they were, like, like they blocked off the second floor. So that's, that's my scary, spooky story. I have another one real quick. I'd always go to visit my buddy at Susquehanna University. Um, it's up back towards home. And he was super into, like, physics, physics major. And because he was pretty, like, trusted and did work in their department, they gave him a key to their observatory. Like, you know, those giant-ass telescopes, mm-hmm. right? Um, the one night, we go up to this attic, spider webs everywhere. Um, you have to, like, kind of, like, duck down in this narrow corridor to get to this, not tiny, but, like, slightly too short door, right? Um, and we, we unlocked it and opened it up, and we go in there, and it's dusty. This telescope's there. And this, the roof is, like, open because someone used it recently, I guess, recently enough. And then, so the roof was open. You could see some stars. Super dark in here, this big, ominous telescope. And my buddy and I, we just start, like, exploring, right? Like, oh, this is kind of cool, right? Um, and we open the control panel telescope, and there's a Ouija board. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, we, um, yeah, no, we didn't fuck with that. We put it back. We're like, all right, let's get out of here, right? We're done. So, yeah, this little, you know, some spooky stories I thought I'd share with you guys. Crazy. Right? Yeah. Kind of, right? You yeah, yeah I like One time, my aunt brought this book into her house, and it was supposed to be, like, a cursed book, like, a book Shit. about the devil, and she had kept it in her room. And my grandmother heard her talking to someone in her room, but there obviously was no one else in her room besides my aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and my aunt claims to have seen a demon. The scary part is my family is very religious, 
And so we actually do believe in that kind of thing. Yeah. Shit. I do not mess around with satanic anything. I don't like that. That'll wait. Tell you, Artemis. I don't think like super scary, but we moved into uh, the house we lived in now a couple of years ago. And when we first moved in, if you looked up at the ceiling, they're like, it's really hard to explain. It's like somebody took their hand and just went all over the ceiling in weird patterns. But instead of five fingers, there's only four. And nobody who lives in my house is besides me is tall enough to do that. But I'm tall enough that I put my whole hand there, so, like, it doesn't make any sense. But also, like, why would I just, like, go around, like, the whole house doing this? So, like, there's all these weird finger lines, starting from, like, where you come into the house, then you go down this hallway, and then it's, like, all over the living room and, like, the dining room area. It is weird. It's very weird. Yeah. And so we just call it the ghost. It's just the ghost did it. And everyone's like, oh, it was obviously, you know, I'm like, um, I have five fingers, and my whole hand fits there. Like, we have a really low ceiling for some reason. Because we live in one of those houses where, like, they don't have lights in the ceiling, so you yeah. have to, like, get the plug-in lights. It's so stupid. Yeah, I mean, you're a taller dude, so I can see, like... Yeah, I'm, like, 6'4", so, like, yeah. I can touch it, but, like, my whole hand would be there. Yeah. So, like, if I'm going around the ceiling doing this, you're going to see, like, five fingers. Yeah. But it's literally, it's just, like, four lines that just, like, trace in weird patterns all over the ceiling. So, it's the ghost. Well, you know, they say that the humanities building is haunted. I've... You know what? It's me. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Do they? Um, no, I was actually told by someone in my orientation group when I was a freshman that the humanities building was haunted because it used to be the gym mm-hmm. and someone had drowned in the pool. It did. There was a pool in here, yeah. Um, and now, but like, I feel like if someone did drown in the pool, we would have heard about it and it would have made news. Well, I mean, that's the kind of thing the college is like, hey, everyone, like, hear about this. Also, when was the last time the pool was here? Oh, years ago. Oh, dude, right, so why were they sort of talking about that? Yeah, yeah right. that's true. I'm just talking about, like, the initial death, not the haunting. Oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah. I could, I could see that, man. I spent many a night in this building because I'm a super lazy procrastinator. So, like, there are nights I've slept in this building and stuff, and sometimes, dude, it is so creepy to, like, just wake up, especially for some reason on the third floor, like, basement, floor where all our classes are, and, like, the or with W pack, mm-hmm. like waking up in the W pack for some reason, it's always like dead silent, just kind of like I don't know, I don't know why, yeah. but it always feels ominous, mm-hmm. like it's quiet, too, too quiet. quiet. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've been in my um my old high school's theater. Okay, it's the long story, but I'll. Um, shorten it. All theaters are haunted. I think we need to establish yeah. that, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, they're just gonna sign ghosts. Yeah. yeah. So, basically, we <laughs> we broke into school. Oh, nice. Um, to... I never had a rebel face. Maggie <laughs> said that. Really. Like, Get out of um, here. We broke into school in order to rehearse a play. Okay, so... no. Who <laughs> does... That's like, I broke into the library so I could do my homework. Like, <laughs> but just walking around... The stage and backstage when it was like dark, there were no lights on, there were no people around. It was kind of ominous. But then some dude brought his bike in and started riding across the stage, so it kind of lifted spirits. What? what (laughs) Literally lifted spirits. What is the name, like the nickname that they have for dining hall? Scurve. Scurve. So. I swear to God, in one of my classes, somebody tried to pass on the stupid um, myth or whatever that apparently it's called scurve because somebody died there from scurvy or something like that. And I'm just, I'm, <laughs> or they, I don't know. I, Are they a pirate? 
Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, how is that even possible? Like, yeah. Pretty sure your college was built after scurvy wasn't really a thing yeah, anymore. Yeah. Like, if they died from scurvy, they'd have to, like, live in a box somewhere and, like, only be let out. Yeah. I'm pretty sure scurvy comes from, like, not eating a certain vitamin. Yeah. Like, you're in a dining hall, C. son. Like, take care of yourself. Right. <laughs> like, I, I really find it really hard to believe. And they kept trying to, like, make it seem like it was a real thing. Like, it really did. Like, you really died. It really happened. I'm like, from scurvy, though? Like, it was real. I was there. Right. Like, <laughs> I was that boy. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned transparent and disappeared. Right. Oh I love those kind of stories that are just like, he's been dead the whole time. Or it's like, <laughs> There is no man on the other side of the telephone. You've been talking to yourself. yourself the whole time, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess those are our little scary stories. Sad stories about our horrible lives. Yeah. <laughs> Keep my life out of this. <laughs> um, Maggie being a rebel, breaking into school so she can... Uh, <laughs> it's a great story. I gotta tell it sometime. Break into a school so she can practice a play. We almost got caught by the police. I feel like the cops would probably come in and be like, well, you know what, just show us the play. Yeah. <laughs> And then we'll not give you a ticket. You'll get front row seats, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know what? No. Like, one of you better graffiti something in here. <laughs> like, you broke into the school, at least do some damage. Yeah. Like, at least smoke some pot or something. Yeah, like, like come on, guys. How old were you? Uh, it was my senior year, so Oh, yeah, so you, never mind. Yeah. yeah, you could definitely do some VA stuff. You're <laughs> like, I'm going to plant weed on you, I'm going to walk away, <laughs> smoke it, and then I'll just pretend like I just came in here, and then I'll let you guys go with a warning, but like, do something serious and delinquent. All right, cool. I so, want to do drugs. <laughs> so that's probably a good spot to wrap it up, right? Right? Yeah. Any, any, any lasting thoughts? Definitely have fun for Halloween. If you don't celebrate Halloween, have fun anyway. Go out to a party, get drunk, whatever. Please be safe. Yeah, definitely be safe. Um, Please do not kill any black cats. Any cats, really. Like, leave them alone. That's well, a thing. People kill black cats during Halloween. Yeah, it's pretty sad. A lot of people don't. <laughs> don't. A lot of people will like adopt black cats too, and then once they're like, "Oh, it's not Halloween anymore," they just like toss them on the street, and that's equally bad. Like, yeah, that's obviously also terrible. Yeah, pets aren't like accessories. If you're gonna get a cat, keep it. Like, it's don't a, be a It's jerk. a living thing. Right. Um. But yeah, definitely have fun. Like, even if you're not like the partying type or whatever. Like, get yourself a big bag of candy and go home and cry like I'm going to do with my dogs. <laughs> you know what There's I'm no shame in that. <laughs> hey, How about you, Colin? What's your costume going to look like? Um, so, I don't really dress up, but if I do, I'm considering a Ron Swanson after he gets laid ensemble. <laughs> 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 just dress up like Tiger Woods with a Ron Swanson mustache. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. I was going to dress up as the scariest thing that happened this year being of course Brett Kavanaugh and I was going to do like a judge outfit with like a hammer and a beer bong but <laughs> um, but decided too against scary. it because I it's too scary mm. too real too real I don't, I don't oh know. god there's I made a political stance <laughs> I'm probably not going to dress up as anything but I'm going to wear a cape capes are always good capes, capes are. should be adopted back into modern they fashion. really should capes with hoods love it that's what I have it's all capes with hoods yeah. Love it. Like cloaks. Cloaks, that's what I meant. Yeah, yes. cloaks. That's what I should have Do you guys actually have cloaks? Because I, I would love a cloak. I just don't know if it's culturally appropriate. Because a cloak would be dope. Why wouldn't it be culturally appropriate? Like, what are you going to, like, offend druids or something? Well, no, I meant, do you wear your cloaks, like, when it's not Halloween? Yeah, you can wear a cloak at any time. You can wear a cloak anytime. any time. You can wear cloaks to weddings. They're like, it happens. Cloaks are lit. All right, I'm getting yeah. me a cloak. Right. And they're pretty cheap now, too. Like, they used to be really expensive to get, like, a decent one. But now you can get them for, like, really good prices on online. I feel like someone named Colin Drake, like, should wear a cape. Yeah. Just, yeah. It sells, yeah. 
episode. So yeah, that's our uh, Halloween podcast. Why are we so bad at ending them? I don't. I think we're really good at ending them, and people should just shut up and accept it. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like just shut up and accept our ending, guys. Yeah. God. Jerks are fading. Um. But yeah, I hope you have a good uh, Halloween and slash or holiday. If you aren't, get ready. Because the Rough Draft team is prepping a radio play, radio play spooky, called Wrong Sorry, Number. Sorry, Wrong Number. Sorry, Wrong Number. And you're going to get to experience our 50s accents and our <laughs> spooky play with amazing sound effects that Artemis got yeah. online. <laughs> Acquired. Acquired. I had to kill a couple of people, but yeah. yeah. It's all good. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. And check it out. Because if you don't check out things that are amazing, then you're boring. For long. Overall, it'll probably be about 30 minutes, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less. We're hoping to get some members from the York Review to come in and help with characters. So it's not just going to be the three of us. It should be more people with all kinds of funny accents. And the story's actually a really serious one. So we're kind of interested to see how it's going to turn out. And this story is honestly amazing. And it's kind of cool to experience like something from another time. Mm-hmm. And I know like 1950s isn't like, ooh. Like, back in Greece, right? But it's, it, like, just the way it's written, I think, is good at, like, teleporting you there. Mm-hmm. It's about a woman who is handicapped, and she's at home alone, and she's trying to contact her husband, and the phone operating switchboard accidentally ties her to another phone call where she overhears a murder being planned. And so she ends up trying to have to figure out who's going to be murdered and how and get the police to help, but nobody really believes her. So it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be fun. We're going to put it out there for you and all the other good stuff. Oh, look out for our posters that Maggie awesomely made. We'll have some interesting posters with information of the rough draft and the peer review. And then we'll also have interesting posters hanging around about our radio play. That's right. Maggie's been putting in work. Yes. Yeah. And if yeah. this radio play is successful, hopefully we'll be able to do a couple more before the end of the semester. When this radio play is successful. Yes, when. Everything we touch turns to gold. It's true. It is true. That's why we're so skinny, because you can't eat, like, golden bananas or, like, golden pizza. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's pretty bad. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks, yeah. Mom. We try not to thank them for listening. It sets a bad precedent. Yeah, no, because we don't like them. Yeah. I mean, we love them. Yeah. I mean... It's just Travis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. So, yeah. All right. We're signing off now. Yeah, this is where this ends. And boom. Yeah. Booyah. Maggie, last words. Final words. Say it. Anything. Go, 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 go. Boo. I'm a Dia Halloween. <laughs>